we love lashes and have a passion to see our industry grow and thrive. In our podcast, we will discuss ideas, explore trends, share secrets, debunk myths, and encourage one another. I'm your host, Paul Lubers, and I'm the general manager at Integrity Lash in Pasadena, California. Welcome to LashCast. We have a great show, as always, for you. I'm very excited. I'm surrounded right now by our amazing Lash models, Christina Segura and Tusney Lubers. Hello. Hey there. Well, again, unfortunately, Erica Ross is still on special assignment. So today it'll be us three, and we're going to be doing something a little bit new and different and exciting. And this is really our first one, and hopefully this will be an episode we can do every once in a while where we basically just answer questions from everyone who's been following and giving us feedback through Instagram and such. So I'm really excited about this because this is really a chance for us to really meet people where they're at, answer questions on what they have. And Tessie, are you doing okay? Okay, so Tess, just put her earphones on, I think and you, her foot is by the microphone. Yes, just awesome. So everybody has... Just trying to get set up here Sorry. to spend another hour talking just, about Okay, I'm here right, now. Ready? Okay, awesome. Glad you got here with us. So, and let's get into it. So, these are some questions that our listeners have been asking, and it's pretty cool because they're all over the place, many different ideas, different thoughts, and we'll, we'll see how far we get through them. If we don't get through them all, we'll just go ahead and we'll do another episode soon covering more questions. And if you do have them, by the way, we really encourage you, please do submit them because where one, do they submit them? Well, a couple places. You can go to um, Twitter at Integrity Lash. Not a lot of people using Twitter anymore. Twitter seems to be dying down other than Trump. But for most beauty professionals, Instagram, that's the place where we like to hang out. And you can do it at Integrity Lash Bootcamp. That's the best place to go. Some people go to our personal account, which are our business account for the salon, Integrity Lash or at Integrity Lash. That's fine, too. We've been getting questions from both, and we'd love to answer them and give you your feedback. My email is also listed in the show notes. So you're always welcome to um, email me, Paul at Integrity Lash, and I'll submit those questions into the, put them in the pipeline. We'll get back to you in the coming months as we do this. I think a little, as a new segment, we'll guess we'll call it. Most of these are going to be related to Tusney and Christina. I probably will have less to say about these. So first, here is our first question for you guys. How do you deal with itching around the eye after adjusting the pad, but there's no swelling? Well, it's quite common for people to have sensations around the eye, especially when you first start. Um, If somebody's complaining, saying that my eye's itching, one of the first things that I'm going to do in the consult is that I'm going to go over what they can expect. And part of that includes the sensations. I explain that the adhesive can be a little bit fumy and it can give them the sensation much like an onion sometimes can it it may feel a little bit burny mm-hmm. sometimes clients will say that their eyes are itching or something like that so first of all i just want to make sure that they know that it's a normal sensation if we're working on them that sometimes they might get a little sensation that's a little bit burny that's what the adhesive does right if they're itching i'm probably going to clean their lids. I'm just going to use a little bit of OcuSoft. It's an ocular cleanser. You can use whatever cleanser you guys have. And I use, we call them scrub tips. It's a little... um, Micro swab. It's a micro swab. Yeah. It's got a sponge tip on it. 
as opposed to a cotton bud or a swab that is bound cotton fibers that have been twirled around. It doesn't have those fibers. So it, it can kind of scrub off a little bit. I want to say scrub. It's not like a sandpaper, but the sponge is like open cells. If you looked at it with a microscope, it would be like open craters. And those craters kind of can pull dead skin cell debris. And also it feels like a little hand kind of scratching or kind of rubbing the inside. You know, sometimes our clients are like, oh, I just want to rub my eyes. Getting that little scrub tip in there kind of gives that same sensation. It also is removing anything that could be causing any kind of irritation. Sometimes it's their makeup. Sometimes it's like the the salt and the oils that have built up on the lid. So I cleanse the lash line. It just helps to give that sensation of wanting to scrub them out. And then it's also making sure that the area is super clean. If you don't do anything, I mean, it's kind of hard to say, well, your eyes are fine because if they're telling you that they're itching, they usually need some kind of explanation. Well, before that, I mean, even just adjusting the pad because sometimes the skin on the edge, their upper lid gets pulled under Mm -hmm. and just move that and releasing that they'll be like it's so itchy and then you just release it and they're like oh that's better right so it might not even be debris it could just be the tape is on exactly properly you want to adjust that one other little note that i will add i know it's kind of hard to describe this but the way we put down a pad or tape we don't do it horizontally we put on the pad vertically it's a slight change. When the eye is open, when the client is on the table and they're looking up at you and you're going to put the tape down, a mistake, and it's a subtle difference, but it can help your game. I'll give this a little tip. If you take the tape in your two hands and you're putting it on flat as if the tape is parallel to the ceiling and it's going down flat like that, it's more awkward for the client. It changes the shape of the eye. If you tilt your hands up, so that the pad is vertical. It is actually facing you, mm-hmm. you know, instead of facing the ceiling, it's mm-hmm. actually facing you. You line that right up to the margin of the lid and ask the client to close. You're going to get a much more comfortable fit. It's going to be less painful and less drying as, as they go. So that's just a little tip for what it's worth. And what we've said this in the past, and we will be doing this more effectively as we get better at this, is we could make a video on this showing actually how we apply the pad mm-hmm. because i think we've said this before and some things we've posted some things we haven't it's mostly just manpower and hours we just got to get better at it and get more people on it and helping us get this stuff done because i think one episode we post, we're post like eight or nine things and yeah. i think we did one yeah. so that's okay we're growing we're learning as we get this through there's, there's enough grace for us on this one but i like to do that because i yeah. think what you just said it's really hard to describe to it without it, right? mm-hmm. seeing yeah. it so we can shoot a video can, and post that we can take a picture and I can show what that looks like. Yeah. Like that. So that'd be something. Yeah. And By the way, let me get back to this because I think we got off a little bit. Is but because this person said here, you know, after adjusting the pad, how do you deal with itching around the eye? So I know you said beforehand you're talking about. Okay, so I want to prepare them to be ready for these sensations. Mm-hmm. And Kristen said, but when you're in there, you, you adjust the pad. But let's say you adjust the pad. You've already told them, but they're still, ah, it's itching me. Oh, what, what do you do? How do you handle that? You know, actually, I would actually, now that I hear that in a different light, I would go back and just check through the lashes because sometimes when you don't isolate properly and there's a little baby lash and it gets connected, mm-hmm. it feels like an itch, but it's actually mm-hmm. just those two that are like so connected. super connected mm-hmm. that you have to go back and just see like, did I maybe catch something? And if you do that, and so a lot of the times people be like, oh, it's right there. And you're like, oh, what is it? And then, oh yeah, maybe mm-hmm. your work mm-hmm. wasn't as clean as it should have been. Mm-hmm. That's sometimes a factor. Sometimes it could be uh, a hair that's stuck underneath the tape. But let's just say 
you've done all that and they're still complaining of an itchiness. My go-to would be I'm going to clean the area first because, again, that's going to give them sensation of scratching that itch. You're also making sure you're removing any debris on the skin. And let's say you do that and they're still complaining. I might say, you know, there's nothing. If you're, if you're looking and there's nothing that you can do, they're telling you something for a reason. And it would be unwise not to heed what they're saying. So at that point when they keep saying, I still feel itchy, I would give them a choice. I'd say, well, depending on how much you have to get done, you know, maybe if it's just in the beginning, you could say, well, I haven't really started yet. It would be safe to finish. You know, it would be a good time to put my tweezers down. If you don't think that you can make it through the appointment, I'm not going to push you. At that point, you really have to be careful about listening to what they're saying because if you overrun them, you just say, no, it's nothing, and they really do have an issue, you're on the hook for that. You know, They're giving you clues. So take that clue and say, I don't see anything from my end, but I don't want to continue if you're in discomfort. Do we need to stop? You have to look at your work and say, you know, you tell them where you're at in it. I've only got about three on this eye. I can get three on the other if you need me to. <laughs> We could try this another time. But if they're telling you something's not right, you got to listen to that. And what I would do is give them a choice about it. Let them just make that well, call. Before we got to that, though, I actually have more than once flipped my tweezers over and just scratched wherever they're at. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, it actually works. It's like yeah. when, you, when you get a scratch on your nose, you just yeah. need to scratch. Someone you know? just please yeah. just scratch it. Yeah, it's just the idea that, you know, oh, it's just there's something there. It's bothering me. Yeah. So if you just yep. acknowledge that, yeah. and a lot of times you're like, oh, thank That's you so right. much. Because they're obsessing. Mm-hmm. At some point, your mind gets stuck in that, mm-hmm. and you yeah. just can't Yeah, and then think it, the itch else. becomes unbearable. So the scrub tips, you can get them from Cosmetex with a Q. It is just like a little micro swab, but it's finer than a Q-tip. You can really get in there. And I do want to say one thing about cleaning the lashes. Um, What I see sometimes is the staff will get a lot of cleanser on either a Q-tip or even that scrub tip, and they will put that applicator on the lid and clean very high on the on the lid where there is no lashes. That really doesn't do anything. Um, sometimes I see people depositing too much liquid on the skin. That doesn't do anything. You want to get that brush into the margin of the lid where the lashes are. You want to be cleaning the margin of the lid, actually where the meibomium glands are. If you don't get that brush deep in enough, you're not cleaning enough of where you need to go. So does everybody know what a meibomium gland is? I do. You want to share? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> They're tiny little glands that we have anterior and posterior on the upper and the bottom. Most beauty professionals call the waterline. It's actually called a margin of the eye, but most people call it a waterline. On the waterline, if you pull the lid and you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you see tiny little white little dots, mm-hmm. little follicles, those are, those are your meibomium glands. They're on the bottom and they are on the top. And they produce a substance that helps to keep the skin moisturized, but it also keeps the eyeball moisturized. So when those meibomium glands are clogged... Is that it, where styes come from? It, hey. Yes. Uh, it's like a form of blepharitis when the meibomium glands get a little bit clogged. Sometimes you can see, we call it a capped meibomium gland. If you want to see what this looks like, just Google capped meibomium glands. See some pretty disgusting pictures, I don't right? think they're disgusting. Don't do it. No, yeah, don't, no. Don't do it. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to throw her. this tip out there because <laughs> it's actually... my favorite ideas on Friday night to look at that, but okay. It's really good to know because if you are working on somebody's margin and you see that tiny little bump, if you just take a little Q-tip or the scrub tip and you clean it with an OcuSoft, what it'll do is unroof that. It's almost like a little pimple, a cap on a pimple. You unroof it and that 
the substance, the holocrine, the this can flow from that gland again. And it's not pretty. Yeah. If if but the reason why I say it is because if anyone presents with a capped meibomian gland, what I do is I take a picture of it, I clean it off, and then I explain it after the service. I say, this is what it looks like. You've got a touch of blepharitis. This is what a capped meibomium is. And the reason why I say that is because sometimes people have had this. They've gotten their lashes done, and they're looking at it in the mirror at home. They're you know pulling up their lid, and they're saying, oh, my gosh, I've got a pimple on my eyelid. Mm-hmm. You, those people gave me a pimple. There's no way that, that it's not caused by the lashes. It's just like clogged pores, you know. But I show it to them, and it's an opportunity. So I show them the before and the after, and show look. You can slough it off, but it's really important to keep those lids clean, and that's why you would use the cleanser, whatever that you're encouraging your clients to use. And by doing that too, you're going to at least help build some more trust, which is always one of the things we're really big on trying to build that trust. Also, I think you're going to help stop any potential issues if the client calls you back the next day yeah. and they say, because you, you saw it and you caught it and you pointed it out. Now, they may become obsessed with it when they leave, but I think more times than not, once you kind of like preempt them, yep. so they're not going to call you back in one or two days. So there's a da, 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 my pimple in my eye. You, you know, we've had this where people call us and accuse us of, you know, you gave me an infection in my eye or something like that. It's like, actually, that's not an infection. That's, you know, yeah. capped my bomium gland. So I, it's, I think it's being a little bit preemptive is what we're trying to be here. It, Exactly. We learned that one of the hard ways. We had somebody that had a capped meibomian gland. They got their lashes done. They went home and they thought, oh, they're having an infection. So they went to the doctor and the doctor said, you know, oh, you've got to take those things off, that kind of thing. And then we had to educate her. Yes, we can take them off. It's going to be a little bit tender if, you know, right away. And I tried to explain with the capped my, but because we hadn't done that ahead of time, it's just you have to, you up. lose trust. You lose trust. That She's already gone to the doctor. The doctor's already told her to take them off, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's really good that if you see something going on with the client, whatever you're seeing, just take a picture of it. People's phones, the cameras are great nowadays. You can take a picture of it and then you could show them afterwards. This is what I see. This is what's going on. This is how you can keep this under control. This is how you can preserve your lashes. But it's also a great trick to have if they come in and their lash, you know, people ask us how we encourage our clients to keep their lashes clean. Well, if you give them a visual instead of just telling them it's way more powerful, you can show them up close what that crust looks like. So, Mrs. Jones, this is what I'm looking at. Looks like you've got a touch of blepharitis. See that little crusting stuff? That's not good for your the health of your lashes. The capped meibomium glands, if those glands aren't flowing, it really does affect the way that your whole eye, the health of your eye, it, it leads to dry eye, it leads to blepharitis. So you can combat that by washing. It's, it's a great opportunity to establish your trust with that gland. Now we've answered two questions mm-hmm. with just one. I, from one question, we That's got two twofer, different answers. Right? But I'm going to make it a threefer. Okay. So there's another thing that I, I've learned about infections. Let's just call them infections because I know that I, that is a fear that a lot of clients have. Oh, I might get an infection if I get my lashes, and that's not something we ever worry about because we've never seen it yet. And what, 12 plus years of being in business, we never have seen an infection. But we've been accused of it a handful of times. There have been people who've called us and accused us of giving them infections. And we've been able to usually deal with it. It had doctor will come in and usually they, they find out later, oh, it's not infection, it's, mm-hmm. it's an allergy or it's um, dryness of the eye. So, but the thing that I was going to say is mm-hmm. a 48 hour thing that oh, you were going to say. I yeah. Just, I was just going to say. Yeah, that. I wanted to set okay. you up for that because there's really a way to protect yeah. yourself as a stylist when they come in, the, they call you the next morning and they say, you right. gave me an infection. Okay. So how I got to the bottom of this was talking to Dr. Stout. I think in previous podcasts, we have talked about the importance of getting a medical professional 
on your team, so mm-hmm. to speak, somebody that can support you and give you answers for the things that are beyond your scope of expertise. And one of the things that I did was I asked, hey, how do I know if I've caused an infection? And he said, well, if they're telling you the day after 24 hours that you've got an infection, it's impossible. The incubation period for a bacterial infection is 48 hours. So it's got to be two days, basically. So somebody comes in and 24 hours later, they're saying they have an infection. They had the infection before they came in. An infection is 48 hours after. Okay. And the other way to look at it too is if they call you, which I've had this happen Two weeks after the last appointment, they yeah. call in and go, I got an infection just last week. And they're like, right. well, you were here two, three weeks ago, and you think we gave that to you? Well, I have lashes now, so yeah. I think I got it from you guys. And I'm like, well, it's been a, two weeks. Usually infections set in. It's 48 hours yeah. from the first time you're introduced to the bacteria. And so for you to get it two weeks later, that doesn't add it's up. Not, it's not con- tied to the lashes. Yeah. It's super important, though, when you're explaining this, not to be defensive yeah. and mm-hmm. use it as a tool to explain. You're establishing your authority. You're not trying to deflect blame. Yeah. You're just going to say, you know, I can see that you're really upset about that. Let me just explain to you that an infection, a bacterial infection, does take that 48 hours. And the way to do that, too, is the form of how you do that. I would strongly suggest, and I know this is hard, especially if you're a single practitioner, you're working by yourself, do not text them the answer and do not email them the answer. Call them. Talk to them. I know you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have time to call everyone. I'm so busy. I'm so whatever's going on. Or you just don't like talking to people because you're afraid of confrontation. You need to call them and talk to them. You need to talk them off the cliff. Because one, the biggest thing you need to communicate to anyone, whenever there's a crisis, you need to let them know you care. Mm-hmm. Texting an email says, I don't really care about you that much. So I'm just going to send you my quickest, most passive way of communicating with you. But when you call someone and say, hey, I just got your text or I got your voicemail or the email and I hear that you think you got an infection from us. Tell I, me more. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. Ask questions. First, let them talk. Let them blah, blah, blah. Go off on you if they need to. Just listen. Like Tessie said, don't be defensive. Don't argue. Don't disagree with them. Just say yes. It's I hear that. It's time to eat humble pie. Just practice. Yeah, just listen and <laughs> learn, really. And And so as you listen and you hear all the things coming out, then you can start assessing what's going on, ask a few questions to clarify, and then just let them know, I just want to let you know that what happened, it sounds horrible, affirm that something bad happened. Don't deny, well, that's not me. That's your problem. It sounds like you, it was really scary. It sounds like you really didn't know what to do. Just, you can repeat back or prepare it, what they're saying so that they feel heard. It's active listening. You just hear someone and then repeat back what they just told you. Then you can introduce some stuff. Because now they hear, wow, she wasn't defensive. She actually listened to me. She repeated back things. She cares. She's on the phone with me right now. She's engaging. Okay, you're going to see the tension will go down. Very rarely does it ramp up after that. Usually it's always like deflating a tire, just going goes down. And then you can finally say, let me tell you a thing about infections and how they work. I just want you to understand because it's important because this relates to what you went through. And then you can share the 48-hour thing and and all that. To that, sometimes if somebody's never had lashes before and they're like, you know, I feel like I had an infection a couple weeks later and they were itchy and they were this and they were that. And like naturally, one of our first questions is, well, have you been washing your lashes? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of times that buildup is, as we know, Mm -hmm. most of us know, (laughs) that's what causes those feelings and that crest and all that stuff that's Mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of dirty lashes. right? And And we talk about that during the consult. We explain one of the things that we say is, you know, when you are washing your face, you don't want to do this model thing where you're just 
splashing the water onto your face and you're not letting your fingers touch your face. I mean, that's what people kind of want to do because they're sensitive. They want to preserve their investment and they don't want to touch them. But what we say, now this may not be all lash places, but this is just what we say. We want you to take the pads of your fingers. When you close your eyes, rub the lids Mm -hmm. and wash the lashes themselves. And you're actually demonstrating it as you're going. And then when you're rinsing, you're going to take the pads of your fingers and you're going to show them what your pads are. And you're going to show them swiping off the lashes, swiping the skin. You're going to squeegee the eye. And the reason why you do that is because that helps to remove those salts and the oils. If you only rinse, it builds up. Mm -hmm. And so what happens, sometimes you might get a stinging sensation when you're driving in the car, just when you're touching the eye. And people have been known to call the salon and say, hey, it's been a week later, but the glue is burning my eye. And we'll say, no, the glue cures by the time you walk out of the salon. The sensation that you're getting is an indication that you need to keep the skin a little bit cleaner. So if you just wash the area with a little bit of cleanser, you will see that that stinging sensation will dissipate. Yeah, we hear that with, um, I took a shower last night. My lashes were great, but I took a shower and now my eyes are burning. Yeah. And it's like, and then with our first question, will always be how do you wash your lashes yeah not how sometimes do you you, wash your lashes sometimes people will get defensive because they're like i'm a clean person i know you're a clean person but it's best to say can you describe how you wash your lashes and when do you do that and some people because i've been to other salons or they've heard through friends or oh i don't get my lashes wet or i don't want to wreck them and say well actually that's not the worst thing you could do you need to wash them it's going to help your lashes last longer Well, what we say is that you may have heard other places tell you not to get them wet for the first 24 hours, and that's not true of our work. We want you to wash them. We want you to keep them clean. And we can talk a little bit more about that why later. I think there's another question that comes up with that. We have people who've been to us for years that still don't listen to us about washing the lashes. (laughs) So it's just something that you're just going to have to... Well, some people aren't clean. <laughs> some yeah. people just, yeah, that's just not their most important value. They've got other things to do. So mm-hmm. for them, washing their lashes feels like a chore and they're just not going to do it, which, yeah. you know, you, you lead, we do our best to work them and get them that's there. Right. And if they refuse to do it, then you just kind of, we, we educate them and let them know that there are certain limitations you're going to have because you don't wash them. That's right. And your lashes may not last as long or you may get some burning sensation. As long as, again, you're building that trust by being upfront about it mm-hmm. and explaining to them or taking pictures and showing them the and, and, and you're also it. putting a boundary up. You know, I had to do an extra washing, which took away from our lash time. Yeah. So we're going to have as much time this time, but you can come in for an extra appointment. So and so yeah. you're educating them. Yeah. All right. So here's another question. This one I think will be quick because you kind of hit off on this one already. When you're having issues with a client, when do you stop the service? And if you do stop it, do you still charge for that service? Oh, I love this question. When we were thinking about how to answer this question, there's several different scenarios that we can share. There's a situation where the client is out of line. There's a situation where either the client's in pain or you don't want to work on them. So we'll just talk about a couple of these things. The first one, I'm going to share a story. It was when I first started. I started working on a gal who was really late. She came in and she was like half an hour. Maybe it was more than that. She came in and she was just kind of a hot mess and was just like, you know, it took forever to get her on the table. I had to check her emails and all that kind of stuff. And as I'm working, she's moving around a lot and it was really hard to do her because I just did not have enough time to do the lashes. She was all over the place. And so as I was trying to wrap up, I had gotten a little bit on each eye. I was just trying to say hey, I really want you to get the most out of your lash appointments. I wasn't able to do as much today. 
one of the things that you would be helpful for you is if you got the most out of your appointment time and if you could come on time next time. And I must have hit a, a weak spot for her because in that moment she put her hand up and was just like, oh, no, you don't. You are not telling me how I should be running my life. And she was so angry with that hand waving. You know, her eyes are taped, but she's doing that finger waving thing, right? And I was like, oh, my. She got up from the table. She was that mad. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, there's really no way that I'm going to put my hands back on her. And I'm thinking to myself, do I want this person in my business again? Mm -hmm. And it was like the third time I'd seen her and she'd done this kind of thing before. So I did a mental assessment to say, it's not going to be a big loss if she goes somewhere else. In fact, I would rather that she did that, but I still want to be as professional as I possibly can. So I just said, you know what? Today's appointment is on me. I've obviously upset you. I didn't mean to do that. So I want you to take the lashes as a gift and be blessed. And she did change her tune a little bit. You know, it wasn't, I mean, she was ready for a fight. I mean, she had her fists out. I mean, not figuratively, but she had the finger, you know. I drew a line there and I decided to take the loss myself just because I didn't want to get into a, a fight with her. I just, it wasn't worth it. So in that situation, I released her. She kind of solved the situation because she just got off from the table because she was so upset that I had suggested that she be on time. Well, as a general rule of thumb, though, we don't charge people if we have to stop the service ever. I mean, it's just not what we do at Integrity. But to that, there's times where people are like, oh, the light's too bright or oh, I smell the adhesive or oh, whatever it is. And I think to any of those, like to answer that question, we will always try to accommodate our guest. However, once it becomes to a point where it's going to interfere with their appointment, the quality of the service that we can give, like our stylists, they're empowered to know that, you know, I can stop this service and say, this is what the minimum amount that I need in order to do my job properly. If you can't handle that, then we're going to have to stop the service, unfortunately. And I mean, when I first started, you had come into the room maybe once or twice because I'd had that kind of situation and wasn't prepared to handle it yet. And now some of the newer staff, they'll have, they'll pull me in. And it's an interesting thing where, you know, one person, a specific person comes to mind and and she can't handle the smell or she can't handle the angle or she can't handle wearing a blouse or whatever it is, you know, it's always something. Mm -hmm. And when I did bring you in, when she first started with me back then, it was, oh, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I'll get my lashes done. All of a sudden it was okay. And we were able to continue. So it's amazing when you put it out the boundary, this is what the team member needs in order to do the service. Can't get it. It's amazing how things change. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think I'll be fine. But you got to give them a way out too, so that they don't lose face. And I think we do, whenever we have a problem, and I think Christina yeah, just said this, it is really when things aren't working, we're, we don't charge. Even though they wasted our time, I know it feels, it stinks because you're like, ah, I just lost what, an hour, two, three hours, whatever that time period is. But to still insist on charging them. One, you may have to have seen now in your salon, like, especially if you have more than one person working there and you have someone waiting in the waiting mm-hmm. room. And now you're going to get in a fight with someone wow. at the front desk or on the way out. Like they just have to charge for your time. You, it's you're going it's to, it's a loss all around. And then they're going to probably go on Yelp and they're going to tell a couple of friends. And it's a small world now. The word gets out quick. If you're mm-hmm. petty and, you know, really just trying to make the one deal, you don't care about the bigger picture. You're just worried about that day making some money. 
you're going to actually hurt yourself and make less money in the longer run. So I just think, you know, cut your losses. If it's one of those things too, where we've had some clients who are just so difficult and they're so hard to work with, we'll put in our notes, do not book again. So if that client calls out of the blue, we'll just politely say, I appreciate you. Actually, you deserve, you remember one? Actually, no, I do remember one. It was a gal. Every time she came in and I'd step into the room to try to help the staff member, I was getting a lot of attitude. And as much as I tried to explain my staff's position and my care, she just was not having it. And you guys had an exchange. Yeah. And you said, you know, I don't think this is this a good, alone, fit, for it's us, good yeah. fit for you. And she said, well, I, I can't believe you're kicking me out. And you said, well, I'm not kicking you out. It's just that when it has not gone well, it has not gone well very badly. Uh, and sometimes you are mean to my staff. And I can't have that. Oh, yeah. No, we've fired clients. Yeah. We've had a few occasions where I've had to call clients and tell them, I'm sorry. And we never say, you're never welcomed here. No, we, no. I usually say, I try to blame it on us. Say, yeah. I just don't think we know how to serve you at your best. We seem to frustrate you. You seem to call and complain about the last appointment. Every time you come Every in, time you're you come angry. in, you're angry. You're, def- you know, you're ready to jump on anything at any moment. So you know what? I think it's us. I don't think yeah. we're really here as best suited to give you what you're looking for, for your experience or for your lashes. So, and I'll actually say, I have some other places I can refer you to. And they're always shocked. You want to get rid of me? So I, I don't want to get rid of you, but I don't understand why you want to keep going to a salon where you're unhappy. There are so many salons out there. There's got to be someone out there that, that's going to be able to exactly nail it for you. And so here you go. And I wish you well. And they do. I mean, but on the other side, as far as having people call us, we haven't had anyone put on our band list just out of the blue and call us two years later and try to get in. If they did, I just tell the front desk if they call and they come in, you just be nice. Say, you know what? I haven't here in my notes that you know you were here two years ago. It says in our notes, and this is important why you take notes. And you explain, I remember we didn't have a good uh, situation where you were really not happy. We really missed the mark. In fact, we didn't even charge you for the appointment or we refunded your money. So while I, it's wonderful that you're calling us, Right now, for us, really, I don't understand what the logic is for you coming back. Now, I think of one person I just realized. This one gal did come back, but she changed her tune. Yes. And she apologized. She says, you know, I was new to lashes. I didn't quite understand the The boundaries, the experience, what was normal to expect, and I was wrong. Yeah. Will you take me back again? Yeah. And in those situations, yeah, she's been a gem ever since. And that's those are the only people that will ever call back. I can't imagine someone who hates you. I know where I'm going to go. I'm going to go back to that salon that I hated and call them and go and get some lashes again. More likely, it's going to be like, like this. They're going to say, or if they even do want to come back because they've learned differently, they're they're no they're too proud. Most people are too proud to call and go. I'm sorry, I, I got it wrong. I mean, this one gal was incredibly sweet and is a big fan of ours, and she came back and said she apologized. But that's one, what, 12 some years, one person. So it's not the norm. We don't see that very often. Usually, once you, they have the meltdown and don't like it anymore, they yeah. move on. Yeah. Were there any other clients where you've had some funny stories uh, sharing, not about names of specific people, but where you've had difficult clients, it wasn't going well, and maybe how, what you decided to do or how you got out during that service? That's a good question. I want to get to that, but I wanted to share a couple of situations that I had to stop the service. I did share about this on another podcast, but the gal that I was working on started complaining that there was something in her eye. And so the first thing that you do, if you think that there's a foreign body in the eye, the first thing that we all should do is rinse. Mm -hmm. So always have a bottle of saline solution on hand or a towel as well so that you can turn their head 
Put that towel on the side and flush the eye. Hold the lid open and flush it. That's the best thing you can do if you think that there's something in it. So after doing this a couple of times, she kept saying, no, there's something still in there. And at this point, I was like, I don't quite know what to do. And she's telling me that there's a problem. She's telling me this for a reason. I have to listen. Mm -hmm. So I said, I don't see anything. I'm not sure what to do. I'm going to send you to the doctor. Thank goodness I had somebody that uh, Dr. Stott could take care of her. And he gave me instruction on how to fix the situation. Basically, a foreign body had gotten up into the tissue. And every time she was blinking, it was scratching her eye. Uh, and so if I didn't have somebody to send her to, she probably would have gone to an urgent care or something like that and got that situation taken care of. If they're telling you something's painful, you need to stop the service and give them an outlet on, on how to get that done. Refer them to an urgent care, refer them to their medical person. Um, but not only did you not charge her, you covered her bill with stout. That's right. right. We, I sure did. Mm-hmm. Yep, I did. And that's just because she was kind of a, you know, I, we would have done it with anybody, but well, she's... it's ethical. Yep. I mean, you can't... The hour versus her eyeball. Exactly. And I knew it was something that was beyond the scope of my expertise. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I would learn from it. And it was worth every penny, right? Um, There was another situation that I wanted to share. And it was when I turned somebody down right from the get-go. And this was a situation when we are training our staff and they are uh, juniors. Basically, we charge a very nominal fee so that their model can have their lashes done. But we don't take requests because they're not working on design. They're working on the bond. So we explained that and the client says, well, I don't want a natural look. I want it this way. And I said, that's not what we do for this service. Most people at that point are like, oh, that's fine. That's fine. I understand. But she was very insistent and I knew that she would not be happy with the service. So I was not going to let the trainee be in that situation where she was stressing during the whole time because this person's already telling me that she's not a good candidate for Mm -hmm. that. So you have to go again. Sometimes you have a sense of, oh, if let me at them because I know that I can do that or she'll be able to handle it. It'll be fine. Sometimes you have to know that you got to use your spidey sense that this is going to be a problem. So she looked at me and she says, I don't want natural lashes. And in a weaker moment, I could have said, well, she can do that. And I said, no. I said, you know what? I just don't think it's a good fit. And she says, yeah, okay, uh, good. And it was just in some ways, it's kind of like dodging a bullet. Mm-hmm. So if you you get those senses ahead of time, give them a choice. Or you can say, I just don't think it's a good fit, that kind of thing. Okay, on to the next question. What type of tape do you use? And what type of iPads do you use? And I'm not talking about iPads like, you know, phone, computer things. I'm sorry. There's always gel pads that you can use. Before I did gel pads, I used 3M waterproof tape. Skin tape. It's skin color tape. Yeah. It's It's made of skin. It's made of skin. No, it's made of a foam. So it's got a little bit of a padding to it. And what we would do is we'd cut off like an inch and a half or two inches and then cut a little divot, like the shape of the gel, like the curve, so it goes right underneath the eye. If you use that, the reason why we used it was because it's thick like a gel pad, so it created some padding if your tips of your tweezers touched on it. Mm -hmm. It is very pressure sensitive, so when you first put it on, you think you can peel it right off, and you can reposition it. But the longer that you work and the more that you touch that pad, the stronger it's going to adhere to the skin. It's very tight. So when you take it off, it can have an exfoliating effect just like wax. 
and it can remove that top layer of skin, especially if it's real thin or somebody's just had a peel or something like that. So we would always use a cream that goes underneath it. A uh, barrier cream. A right? barrier cream, like yeah. or even like a thick cream like Nivea, mm-hmm. something thick like that. You just put a little swipe of it underneath and you put the pad down. When you remove it, it will release. If you use a tape method, you want to make sure that you also put the cream on the very outside corner of the eye because that's usually where you pull the skin off. So you never want to use a regular tape, a pressure-sensitive tape. And be cautious of people who've just had fillers. We've had oh, yeah. some people who literally come to us from the derm and they're like... And they don't mm-hmm. say anything, and they've covered up their face with makeup, so I don't see that there's bruises, and they're like, my fillers. <laughs> <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> also, what's the other one there is when someone dealing with acne, the... Retinol. Retinol. They have to be very yeah. careful with retinol. So the same rules apply for waxing. Mm-hmm. If somebody's been using Retin-A, what does Retin-A do? Is it increases the stratum corneum, basically, and it gets broken. And so there's lots of flakiness and scaliness. And so if you put wax or sticky tape over that, you pull all that loose skin off and it can tear. Yeah, we had someone come out one time. They didn't tell the staff member, and they came out with this, like, looking just raw skin. It's shiny. Shiny, We all know when it happens. It's shiny. Uh, And if this happens to you, ladies, you have to bite the bullet and you have to tell them what you've done. It's so tempting to just be like, oh, I don't see anything. You look great. Okay. (laughs) You have to, as a professional, you have to tell them. You have to, like, they're not going to know. They're going to get a scab. It's going to be a full on scab. You put some barrier cream on it. You can say, the skin was really thin here. When I pulled the tape off, I got a little bit of that layer taken off. You can expect to be a little scabby here. It's going to take a couple days to heal. In the meantime, you can use an over the counter hydrocortisone, but you have to tell them. And it's the time that you might want to give them a discount, something like that. You gain trust that way. Mm-hmm. There, Most people are going to be pretty forgiving, be like, oh, no big deal. It's a different story if you don't tell them. It's like taking your dog to the groomer and they cut your dog's belly and they don't tell you and you come home and you see, like, you think they're not, not going to know that you've got a big scab on their face. So you can always maintain your credibility by saying, well, it was a little tight here. This area here is going to be a little bit red for a little while, that kind of thing. So using that, though, it's a very cost-effective using the skin tape, Mm -hmm. the waterproof tape or the 3M, whatever it's called. And because I started training with that, I cut the tape so fast that I just use it. And now recently we switched to gel pads which don't bleed and like the what is it that the the gel doesn't ooze up into the water line and (laughs) what is the do you have the um yeah you have the info yeah i'm not telling anyone it's my own personal secret no we used to use in our company it's a great company it was american company they made great products but we were paying a dollar a pad and that was really expensive when we're seeing 40 people a day it's like wow we just spent 40 dollars out the door without anything else just on pads and gel pads so we started looking around and we've been looking for years and we would get samples from companies and most of them would not be very good or there'd be always a flaw and i think we found one that works really well it's actually a yeah it's a chinese company i actually don't have it in front of me right now i can't even pronounce the name of the company if i remember right it's, it's a chinese name but that said but what i can pennies. do it's three cents we're paying three cents for a gel pad now and it works wonderfully. If somebody has a giant eye, though, it's not going to work. We yeah. have one gal who just has these humongous eyes, and it was cute. It was just a yeah, portion a of her portion. eyeball that got covered. Right. So, so what I'll do is I will um, put on. Fact, Show I notes. know 
on the notes. I had already someone who contacted me about this recently, and I sent them the information. The minimum order is not small. It's That's what I was going to say. It's not fancy. It doesn't come in prepackaged little boxes. There's no. no labeling on it. It comes in a giant bag. And all the envelopes are just in there. There's no fancy labeling. But it's labeling. still clean. Yeah, it's, it's clean. It's a clear... A it's individual. individual. There's two, two per packet. Yeah. yeah. And it does have... A, it, it's, you have it's to buy a, in bulk, basically. Yeah. But it's yeah, not at bad. At three to, cents, you could buy a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the minimum order is one thousand. You have to buy one thousand, which it comes out to 130 bucks or something like that. So, yeah. But if you're, especially a single practitioner, that probably just cover your whole year. So you're going to be fine. And if you're a business like us, we go through those in a month or so. But we went from spending $600, $800 a month on just gel pads, and now we're going to be it's spending a, just you know, 100 bucks or so. So it's a good buy. And I will put that in the show notes, and we'll maybe post that on one of our pages so people can look into it. And I'll give you the email, Genva, I think, or Geneva, something like that. So name the, my contact, and I'll help find that okay. connection. The original question was what kind of tape you use. So I just yeah. want to briefly touch on that. So in a pinch, you, if you just keep on hand that 3M waterproof tape, you can get it in any CVS or Walgreens. You can also buy it online through Amazon. Mm-hmm. That's great to have in a pinch if you've run out. If you Just to always have that, you can always cut the shape of your own iPad from that. Because it's skin colored, we will always use a white paper tape also by 3M. It's also called surgical tape, paper tape. And we put that at the very bottom of the waterline just to add contrast. Some people will just use that paper tape by itself. The reason why we don't is because it's thin and it's a little bit uncomfortable. Also, it's very, very sticky. Mm -hmm. So you definitely have to use a barrier cream underneath that tape. There is a green tape by 3M. Uh, You can get it from a Japanese uh, lash supply company called, is it Furla? Something like that. Um, Fula, Fula. Um, they will be at the IECSC show in Vegas coming yes. June. Yes, they have a wide variety of wonderful Japanese tapes that you can't get on yeah. Amazon or anything. Lint free. Oh, really. so the green tape is wonderful if you use it on the skin because it doesn't stick. But it's not really good to hold down bottom That's thick correct. It's not because it's really good if you're going to use it to tape the lids up. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stick. There's also one called baby skin, and it's a peach color. It also does that same thing. It's a little bit more papery. They also have ones that are super stark white. I don't really like those. Some of them are perforated and have tiny little dots in them. The reason oh, why I don't like it, it's hard to focus on, right? Yeah. I don't like the sticky tape that's also got a thick perforations in it. Some people mm-hmm. will use that too. The thing is, is there's no right answer. It's whatever you like, right? Yeah. Life hack, put your white paper tape on a tape dispenser. That's right. Yep, that's so right. If you go to an office depot and you would just buy the... We have a few tape dispensers usually, I think, at each booth or each tape room, and people will put the different tapes they have on there. On that, a company that were friends of ours over Illumino. at Lumino, they've actually came with a great product idea, and they actually have a single tape dispenser with three places to put your tape. So you can put your double sided tape, you can put your white medical mm-hmm. tape, and you know whatever else. People you usually to use. use an assortment. Yeah. And the nice thing about the dispenser is that it's clean; it keeps lint from getting on the side of it, and it's also you can do it one. Yeah. So you can easily do it while you're working. You're not cursing during your appointment. Yeah. <laughs> now, I was going to say one of the places we buy at least the medical tape, the 3M medical tape that we use, it's the white surgical tape, tape. Surgical tape. We buy that from First Aid Supplies. 
with them, the only thing I, I've noticed, I went on and did a price check recently, and I don't think they're the best price anymore. Mm. I'm actually thinking there's some new vendors that have popped up. We're paying like $19 for a pack of, I forget, like 30 or 40, whatever it rolls. And I think now there are some other places that are way cheaper. So one of the things I will advise in, uh, if we were going to sponsor, we'll, uh, who advertises with here with us, do whatever is best for you guys, because I don't want to just be pushing companies because they're paying the advertising right. here. Because there are a lot of lash companies that also sell this product. But if you just do, you know, what happens sometimes when you're buying from them, they're buying from a distributor and then they're marketing it up and selling it to you. It may not be the best deal on the However, it might be the best deal because you don't want to buy 50 tapes. Yeah. If you buy a single practitioner, if you spend $3 on a roll, what, what's the big deal, right? Yes. It, it depends on the situation. Yeah. And so it just comes with what's economically best for you. Mm-hmm. If it makes more sense to buy in bulk and you can get it at First Aid Supply, you find out at Cosmodex or some of these other beauty suppliers who have large volumes of product, they can usually sell you at lower prices. Great. But at the same time, if you're looking for a single one-off, you don't want to buy too much. You don't have a lot of storage. You don't have a lot of storage. Then you can work with some of these other companies. Or, you know, sometimes it's good to just be loyal to that brand that you love because you get your lashes from them. You get your spoolies. You get all this other stuff. Or the packaging So, really yeah. It's, and you like the customer service and you know if there's a problem, you can call them right away and have it taken care of. So that's on the plus side with working with some of the lash vendors. But if cost is a big deal for you, which I think for most people is, just compare prices. Don't just take the best price and assume whoever you're buying from, no matter who the vendor is, doesn't matter if they're a lash company, if they're Cosmodex, don't just assume that's the best price. Maybe check with two other companies, just make sure you're getting a good deal. And the beauty of Amazon, or really the beauty of online now, you just type in the product name on Google, and then you go to the shopping button, and then you're going to see every vendor that provides that product, and you're going to find hopefully the one that best suits you and, and it works at the price point that you're looking for. Okay. So, all right, so that's a little bit on tape and pads. Maybe we'll do one or two more here. We actually, I know we already kind of covered this, but I'll just mention it one more time because it got sort of answered earlier. How do you deal with clients who don't like bright lights? Should we just mm-hmm. yeah. revisit that for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes for whatever reason, people are going to say it's too bright and you got to have compassion. Maybe maybe it is. Maybe, maybe they're on a medication that makes them extra sensitive to it. Or maybe their eyes are dilated. Their eyes can be Very dilated. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> Christina just had her eyes dilated last week, so that was drove a, home blind. Yes, she Bad could idea. not see. She could yeah. only focus on one thing at a time. It was, very, it was funny. Well, in that situation, literally the pupils have been dilated. Mm-hmm. You, you, you were acting like oh, the light, like a vampire, right? So it's a legitimate thing. Also, the bottom line is that there is a minimum light requirement for those who are working and doing the work, and you can't compromise your ability to deliver the service that you are known to because the client can't stand the light. So you give them an option. If you're by yourself, you can say, okay, I'm going to turn the light on. Is this too bright? Yes. Start going down. And when it gets really low, they'll say, that's fine. And then at that point, you'll say, oh, I'm so sorry. I I need it to be a little bit. I cannot work with just this level of light. But I'll show you, this is what I can work. How about this? Turn it back up. How's that? And once they know that you're not going to do the service, generally most people are like, you know what, that's fine. Even if it was the same setting that they had just said they couldn't mm-hmm. stand. But you put that out there, say, this is what I need to do in order to get it done. And so that's how you answer the same question, like, how do you do it if the client is squinting their eyes or squishing their eyes or if the client's getting up off the table or they're talking? You can say, I'm so happy 
to, you know, read your text messages for you, but it does mean that I'm not going to be able to do as much uh, lashes. Are you okay with that? You Mm -hmm. have to put it out there. You have to give them the expectation, your expectation, and you have to tell them what the consequences are. I'm happy to hold your child right now while you go out to your car. (laughs) That's not a joke. (laughs) But it does mean that it's going to come out of your lashes. So what would you like to do? And as an add-on to that, an axiom, I guess you could say, is it's very important that let's just say you had one client for a day. You're not super busy and the client's like, oh, I need to do this and I do this. And you're like extending the lash time. That's all fine and dandy that you're being generous at that point, but you're setting yourself up for future failure. Because if you right. become known as the person who's like, oh, don't worry, you can do all these extra things, bring your phone, still answer your text, do all that stuff. And what was normally an hour, hour and a half appointment has now become a two, two and a half hour appointment. And you're like, well, I had the time. It's okay. You're setting yourself up for failure because eventually, hopefully, you're going to be busy enough that you're going to have clients at least relatively back to back and you're not going to have the extra time to give. And all of a sudden, you're going to have to you know, say, I can't do this anymore. And they're going to be like, well, you done it for the last year. I know, but having their client coming in, da, 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 and they're going to feel gypped because you've been so lenient and you never let them know. You're setting yourself up for future failure. And you're also just setting a trend for you're going to be abused by your guests. I mean, I understand we're in the people pleasing business and That's we need right. to do everything we can to make them happy, but there are still need to be boundaries. Otherwise you will. And Tussin, yes, you would know, because when you first started, you, she'd run and buy cakes for people. <laughs> And she would do, someone asked to do her taxes for them. I mean, just people ask the weirdest things. And she was so new and so desperate. She was like, okay, I'll do whatever you need me to do. But it really was bad. One, it kept you from doing the business that you were want to do, which lashes, and also really set you up with these really bad relationships where people you knew they could take advantage of you, or when you finally did start saying, I can't do that, they got mad. So, you know, you want to be careful. Well, to that. that, though, I had, I mean, it's not, this isn't exactly ending a service, but this is a situation, and it was an interesting one, because she thought she got here on time, and she maybe was only maybe two or three minutes late, but, you know, at our salon, we're really sticklers for time. Like, you have to be in the room. You have to be doing this because we're so booked. And this gal came in a couple minutes late, was like, oh, I'm going to run to the restroom. I'm like, okay, great, run to the restroom. So she runs to the restroom. It's like, oh, I need to get some water. Okay, get some water. And then I was starting, and she wanted to talk to me about something else. And I said, you know, we're a little behind. Like, why don't you hop on the bed and you can tell me while I'm getting you taped up. And so then she's like, you know, and make sure you get them as full as possible. And I'm like, okay, wait, we're a little short on time. And she says, well, but I got here on time. And I said, well, yes, but you went to the restroom. And then we had, I wasn't nitpicking at her, but she was so unaware that she came back in the next month. And actually she had me reading her texts and she wanted to text somebody back and she wanted to open her eye and just keep working while my eyes open. I'm like, I can't do that. So she came back the next month and was like, you know, well, you didn't get them quite as full. I don't know what happened. I'm like, well, I remember what happened, the, you know, and so mm-hmm. she wanted to blame it on me. And I said, you know, we will work on getting them full. You again are 30 minutes late, so I'll do what I can. Uh, and this is something I think we kind of blanket statement for people is I'll do the best that I can in the time that we have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's just a good rule of thumb. Like you're not being rude to anybody, mm-hmm. but you're just letting them know that you're aware of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Cause it's kind of like and a little putting kid. A boundary out there. I'm yeah. going to do the best that we can with the time that we have remaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's really important. We found that's really helped people because people get it. You're not saying that you're late. 
Because that's where people get defensive when you say, well, you're late. You're just saying, I'm going to do the best I can. So you're kind of owning it, saying, I know yeah. my limitations. And they're reading between the lines and they're getting it. And it's not confrontational. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's very upfront. And I think clients begin to pick up the message. And, you know, once in a while, I've seen you guys have to do this. The client's perennially late always and wondering why their lashes aren't lasting. And we keep notes so that we can remember this and see kind of the history. Mm-hmm. You just finally have to have that difficult conversation and, and say, you know, this has happened and I know that you've been saying your lashes aren't lasting, And but I've looked at the history and literally your, your appointments are always half the length of what they should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to let you know that this will continue to happen as long as we continue to have you be late to every point. And you do have to have that talk at some point. Mm-hmm. Just if it's this one time though, you don't want to make a big deal and make a big stink about it. But right. I think that same thing can be said for the original question I think was, what do you do when the light's too bright? Yeah. You know, it's something that we actually have in our notes sometimes you know like we have a lady with the broken neck like she can't turn her head mm-hmm. and so that's yeah. in the notes and you know there are times where she, it just hurts her too mm-hmm. much and we do have to stop she's not yeah. being Difficult, it's just yeah. a real problem and so if you're sensitive to those things i think yeah, you can accommodate mm-hmm. yeah it's not like oh gosh we're not always rolling our eyes either like right. we don't yeah. want to you right. know no definitely not <laughs> Can I say one more thing yeah. about when somebody is coming in a little late? One of the things that you can do is, you know, you're happy to see them. You've got to let them know, even if you're annoyed, you're just going to be like, oh, how are you? It's great to see you. You don't want to get in an adversarial relationship with them yeah. at that point. But what you do want to say is, let's say their appointment was at 12, from 12 to, let's say, one thirty. You can say, so I'm getting started now. It's about 12.30. So I have about an hour left. I'm going to do the best that I can. So you putting it out there so that even though their appointment is at 12 and they're thinking in their mind, I'm here at 12, you're telling them that you're starting at 1230. Because I've had it happen where somebody comes in, they were late, they had a ton of mascara on, it took them 30 minutes. So basically for one whole hour, they didn't get the appointment started, but they think that they came in and they've been here for two hours, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's sometimes helpful to just say, Right now, the time is 1 o'clock, and I have this much time, so I'm going to get started. Five minutes to do your lashes. Yeah. It just helps them to remember. Yeah. All right, we'll do one more, and then after that, I think we will count this as our... Uh, make it a good one. Make okay, it a good one. Awesome. Right, well, this one, that's going to be mostly me. That's why I love to do it. Oh, so man. I gotta, so okay. maybe I should read the question? Okay, go ahead. I can't read it. Go ahead. <laughs> what is our cancellation policy? And I see this all a lot. I see a lot of people talking about cancellation. How do you deal with cancellations and so forth? And I think there's a lot of good ideas out there and some crazy ones. And I can't even think of some of the funny ones. But I'll just say what we do. Our cancellation policy is basically 24 hours. And I think that's nothing new or radical. I think most people have a 24-hour cancellation policy. But the important thing to do is actually to enforce it. And that's really tempting not to do, especially when you're new and you're trying to build a clientele, or maybe you hate confrontation and you don't want to deal with that. You have to have certain boundaries for your salon. Otherwise, it becomes just a crazy place. We, at one point, never enforced our cancellation policy, and we had figured out we were losing at least $30,000 a year. And people just regularly canceling because they knew that we wouldn't do anything about it because we were afraid of, you know. Well, one of the things I think it's important to say is that we're not a commission salon. We're hourly. So we pay our staff for every hour that they're on the floor, whether or not the client shows or not. Yes. That's how we take care of people. Yeah. We're on the hook for it. Yeah, the company's still paying whether or not the client comes in. And that's good for our team. That's one of the things we love about our model because our team isn't, you know, panicking if a client cancels. Oh, my gosh, half my day. How am I going to pay my bills? Yeah. I mean, 
of course, losing the tip sucks, but at least they know there's still an hourly there that's going to help out. But that said, so the cancellation pause is basically you have to give us 24 hours. Now, we give them ample opportunity to cancel. Can we, we confirm a little too much? We, we're pretty intense on the confirmation front because we will first, right when they're there, when they first book, they'll get an email saying, thank you for booking, and they'll have that date. We also now just recently added a little business card that we can write on because there's some people just like written words. old word. school way. Old school, we write on the card, give it to them so they can take it home and keep it in their purse or whatever. And then they will get another email reminder four days out. And this is only, we use Booker. Uh, so maybe you use MindBody, Booker. Um, there's a million ones out there. Most of them have some sort of email confirmation system included. So we set ours out. We used to do this one day before, and that became a disaster. That was, you know, people need much bigger heads up than 24 hours. Yeah, because they forget. Because we go four weeks between appointments or five weeks sometimes, and people just forget. They think to get busy with their life. So we tell them four days beforehand, they will get an email. On the three days beforehand, we will all text them. And we will send out, we have two systems in place. We have automated text, and then we also have a text that comes from our salon. The area that we're thinking actually about cutting out would be the automated text that comes from Frederick, which is a company that is owned by Booker, which, by the way, was also just originally bought out by MindBody. So MindBody really owns Booker now, which owns Frederick. Anyhow, that's where people have said, I get too many text reminders. And we're like, you know what, you're probably right, and we may... We're working on how we would change that. But that's how they get a text three days out. Then if we don't hear from them, because often they don't respond, we will text them a, a nice friendly reminder two days out. And then one day out, if we still not through the email, text, haven't heard from them, one day out, we will phone call them and say, hey, we're just calling about your appointment tomorrow. Just want to double check, make sure we're on the same page and that you're going to be in tomorrow at one o'clock to see Christina for a double. Please just give us a call or you can just confirm through email or text. Have a great day. We just real quick thing. Usually it's a voicemail because most people don't answer the phones anymore they just love to communicate via text i will also send them an email and at the same time say hey personally from me from my account not the generic booker email just hey this paul i'm the manager here i just like to check in and see if you're coming in and we do track people's history as far as being late some people just i mean really it's like one in 50 will never confirm but by far most clients confirm so the good thing about if they confirm you know you're on the same page so if they decide to no-show, you know, after the fact, we'll check in with them, see what happens. And the client will say, well, you know, I forgot or I got busy with work, family emergency. Say, I know I'm so sorry, but we do have a 24-hour cancellation policy. And, and if they don't, well, I don't know about it. I said, well, actually, we confirmed that. We let you know when we book your first appointment on the phone. We also send another confirmation on all our emails, our cancellation policies there. We also have them when they first come in. It's actually on our intake paperwork. At the very bottom, we have an initial a little thing that mentions their cancellation policy and they confirm that they're aware of that cancellation policy so we have hit them with Multiple so many places. ways that for them to say i don't have any clue what you're talking about is a little insincere but we still read it because the biggest thing we're not looking to get this into a shouting contest of who's right we just let them know and see how they respond by far the majority of people go oh okay i get it and then you know they'll agree to pay it now we don't charge them then over the phone we just look to rebook them and say, okay, since you no-showed, what we can do is we get you in next week at this time. How about that? And they'll be like, okay. And, said, and we'll just add in the charge on that time. If it's a perennial person who's late, does this more than once, at some point what we'll do is I will have to do a personal call as the manager and call them and say, you know what? You have been no-showing. This has been multiple times. You understand that you said you're going to pay, but what we're going to do is we're going to actually ask you to pay now before you book your next appointment because mm -hmm. I can't have you continue. It's usually that if they do it like three times, we'll have that talk. 
most of the time by this point, they're so embarrassed, they don't want to come in and they move on. And that's better for you. It's better to get rid of someone who knows shows on a regular basis because you can't make money on someone who never comes into your salon. Another thing we don't do is we won't charge them, even though we take people's credit card information down. We won't charge them. And the reason why is this. One, they can dispute it. I mean, the moment they tell their credit card, I never went and got that appointment. I didn't authorize that. I didn't authorize that. It's done. Their, their visa will never come down on our side. They will always come down on their side. The and, card member. Yeah, the card member. And and also, it's I think it's just bad business because when you're charging something for a service that they never came in for, I think you're amping up the odds that they're going to write a bad review. They're going to tell everyone you suck. You're going to create a lot of bad vibes. It's just best to cut ties and move on with your life and it's not make a big deal. It's a cost of doing business. It's a cost of doing business. And you just should just be prepared. You're going to have a few clients here and there that are going to take advantage of things, not pay, and, and not come in. Now, if they don't come in, like if they cancel less than 24 hours, we just say we charge them 50% of the fee. By far, the majority of our clients get that and say, that's no big deal. I get it. I should have done it. Because these are regulars. They like Christina or Tustin. They know you. They feel bad. So they There's like, a personal relationship. Set. Yeah, so they feel they violated it a little bit. There's so some accountability. Exactly. So they're most of the time, I'd say like 80, 90% of the time, or 75, whatever it is, it's more than not. They'll say, you got it. I'll pay it. The next time I come, I'll pay the we cancellation had policy. somebody... Whose cereal didn't show up a few months back. She didn't come in like three times, really three times. And she paid it each time. And each time was like, please tip Christina generously. So I got three times a tip Tip for doing nothing, nothing, which was kind of her to think about it. Because even though we do get paid, like you said, we we do. That is really thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. No, I've actually someone that recently, I think, did it for Erica. She didn't come in. the same person. And she gave a really... Pretty big tip, too, because mm-hmm. she felt so bad about not coming in. She felt like she wasted people's time. Mm-hmm. She was embarrassed. And I was like, wow, that you. But she could yeah. be like that. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I went over tip and not, uh, not to pay for services or, or pay for services I don't get. It's very generous, but that's not the norm. But most people won't fight you. And the ones that do. That's you know, your people. You, they're not your type of people that, that you don't want again to keep people around who cancel on you on a regular basis. It hurts your business. And those are the people you say, we're going to charge you. And they say, well, then I'm not going to book. And I said, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I totally understand why you do that. And I wish you well. And they move mm-hmm. on. And it's better for the salon. I just trust me in the bigger picture, you don't want to keep those people around because I guarantee you they don't respect your time and they're going to do it again and again and again. And how many times are you going to keep going back and being abused before you finally say, I had enough and you start, you know, accidentally dropping your tweezers on their face when you're working. So I just think it's not something you want to do. You just let it go. Just trust there's enough other people out there that do respect you. And if you keep looking for the right people, you'll get your tribe that really loves what you do and trust you. And that's what you were looking for. And that's what this process is for. It's vetting. You're vetting the right clients to make sure you're attracting the right type of people and not just taking anyone in and then finding yourself every week wondering why, like, man, I have like, you know, 10 cancellations this week and no shows. And how can you grow a business this way? Because you can't. Mm-hmm. So you got to find ways to push them out gently and nicely and basically after it'll take some time. But after a few months, you'll start realizing your cancellations will go down and you need to have that confirmation system in place too. You can't just book appointments and expect people to show up at your place. You got to manage it. You got to manage it. And this is the benefit of having a team, being part of a salon. We have a staff that does this for our team. When you work for yourself, it's tougher. You know, you can put some automated systems in there, but sometimes those even come up short and it's nice mm-hmm. to have the extra person to make the call connect mm-hmm. and so forth. So it's just a, that's, how we deal with cancellations we've seen our cancellations go uh, overall way down where we still get them once in a while but by far the majority of our clients that we have now we've had an instance where 
I was at the front desk waiting for my person and actually it ended up, I think it was my person that ended up canceling, but she called the desk and the desk is like, oh, well, you know, there's this cancellation fee. And just a couple of minutes before she, you know, well, in this conversation, she was saying, oh, I have the flu and it's stomach thing and I can't. And she's like, we have to charge you. And she's like, I'll be right there. And she's like, but your stomach. And she's like, no, 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 it's, it's better. <laughs> in the <laughs> actually, phone call. We've had that happen more times where <laughs> my son's in the hospital or whatever it is. And amazingly, I said, well, we'll just have to charge you. And they go, oh, we just got the call. He's fine. I'll be right there in five minutes. I mean, we do. I forgot. There's one more thing or a little nuance to our cancellation policy. We will in-house, mm-hmm. we keep track of this. We'll give everyone one free pass. Mm-hmm. So because, you know, most of the time I think people are just trying to get out of it. They have something else that came up that's more important. But once in a while really is real and I can't determine. So we will say, hey, if they're calling and we say, well, there's cancellation. Oh my God, but you know, my leg is severed and it's bleeding and I can't get in. Like, you know what? And especially if they get really angry, we're going to say, you know what? Okay, look, I'm not going to charge you this one time. We're going to waive the fee for this one time, but we only do this once and it's for extreme circumstances like what you're in right now. I'm sorry for upsetting you. I'm not trying to do that. We're just trying to take care of the company and the people that work here. So we're going to give waive it, and but we just can't do that again, okay? Okay, I won't ever do that again, but thank you. Yeah, yeah. and then that's usually the response. And then we put in the notes, by the way, because you have to remember because there have been people who – been here three years apart. Actually, we've had somebody whose father's died like three or four times. Yeah, actually, the best one is we had one person whose father died at least twice, maybe three times, and I, I didn't call her out, but yeah. I'm just like, wow, man, her father keeps dying. He must well, be like... She could have several stepdads. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have four fathers now, and we just have to be you know, mindful that you know, you want to be sensitive still. You want to be such a jerk about no, things no. that you... Mm-hmm. You always want to give them the benefit of the doubt. It's, just for being gracious. Yeah. You want to you know, be gracious. And then also, and thing to consider too is how long have you been in your salon? I mean, we've had clients who've been with us for eight, nine, 12 years. Uh, to be honest, I will give them more grace. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, if I look down, I look, wow, they've spent $15,000 in our salon over the years. You know, I, I think I'm going to be a little easy on this one. I'm mm-hmm. not, the person who's been here one time and canceled twice, no. Sorry, I think I see a pattern growing and they're going to be ones that abuse us. So we're not going to be so easy on you. But if you've kind of proven over the years that, man, you've been here you for know, a long time. That's actually really, I don't know if you want to get into this right now, but that's a really good point in that, you know, a lot of people chase celebrity lashes. <laughs> and and when you're talking about the cancellation policy, you know, they actually aren't, it's good for your Insta, but it's not necessarily good for your pocket. <laughs> It's, it's so true. It's hard. We've had some celebrity clientele that are really liberal with cancellations. Mm-hmm. They are used to having schedules that change. In fact, they do. Their they life do. is always like spur of the moment stuff going on, media press things. So um, they can't always make the appointments that they set. Yeah. And that's or they're late. Yeah, they're usually they're late. late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we I, I yeah. we talked about doing a special episode just on celebrities. Um, I think everyone has their own celebrities in their own town, even if you're not in Hollywood like us in this area. You may be out there in Colorado. Maybe it's your Colorado. local person. Yeah. We're Maybe Hollywood adjacent. You know, we're, yeah. not. we're not in Hollywood specifically. <laughs> we're, some people will say we're in another state, you know, because in Pasadena, it's not exactly next door to Hollywood. We're only 15 miles away, I think, but it's like, it feels like a two-hour drive to go mm-hmm. to Hollywood. Yeah, like you said, you might have a weather person, or maybe the mayor of the city mm-hmm. comes to your salon. You have your own local celebrities. I grew up in Silicon Valley. Steve Jobs was a celebrity where I grew up. If he was in a restaurant, we all knew Steve Jobs was in the restaurant. Like, oh, my gosh, Steve Jobs is in the restaurant. You're like, everyone's like, woo, 
all excited that he was in the restaurant at the same time. So you have your own celebrities in your communities. It just depends. Like I'm sure Bill Gates was pretty big up in Seattle in the days. So so in terms of cancellations, it's important to consider, you know, like what is a celebrity going to like post this? Like, yeah. Am I going to be on their story? Are they going to blacklist me? Like you got to really be mindful of that and decide if it's worth it. Like, yeah. so I know like when I, I used to be starstruck, and then I realized, like, oh, yeah, no, uh, no. There's, it's a different. It is a different ball game, ball of wax, and it's very difficult to work with. But we'll talk about it because I think there's some things we can teach or share about that that would help you with that. But that will be for another episode because I think we are at the close of this episode. In fact, I don't think I. I will say I know we're at the end All of this right. episode. We've uh, covered a bunch of topics, so that's cool. But hey, thank if, you for your questions. Yeah, by the way. everyone, yes. man, I think it's super cool. I think Ask this is something more. that I'd love to do more, or maybe we can, you know, do one, a show, just one question. And that way we won't, you know, go into this for hours, but we can just do one as a little segment. So we'll see how this goes. Help us out there. If you find something that you really like or enjoy in the show, you find really productive, let us know. Say, you know what, that one thing you guys do, that's really the part that I get the most from. Or can you elaborate on this or, you know, so yeah, this is a new thing for us. We're ready to adapt it, switch it around, spin it upside down, whatever it takes. So let me get into a few little business items. One of the things that we're excited to announce that's coming up is we're going to be in Vegas in late June at IBS and the IECSC show. If you haven't been to that show before, it's the biggest beauty show in the United States. It is huge. I don't even know how many people go, but I think it's 30,000, 50,000 people or something like that. It's, it's a lot of epic. people. It's epic. And it's lots of fun. If you're in people watching you get to see things you've never seen before and if you're looking for cheap deals on products and stuff like that and you get to try new things it's a great chance of trying new things and you get to meet <laughs> us that's one of the real big things we actually are going to be there we're going to be teaching a couple classes I, the class size two of the classes we have are free and that they're just going to be just general introductory one-on-one type classes on what does it mean to do lashes what is the lash career right for you so if you're listening to this and you're already doing lashes maybe you don't really need that class but if you're thinking about it or maybe your boss that you're you know maybe working in a hair salon or something like that and they're trying to think well, should we add this on that's a free class we do have a paid class where we're going to teach you our bond we're going to teach you our technique and it's going to be a hands-on class we're still working out the details because um, we're just working with ibs exactly what can we do with the time and the space that we're given so we'll have hopefully more details to come on that and we will post that on our social media and stuff once we know more but it's gonna be a great class that one is limited it's a paid class i don't know what even this class size is yet that's how much information i have but i do know it's a paid class so if you're interested please go to their website you can look up i don't know if you can sign up yet, but their program just came out. So at least you can look and start getting details on there that. There were a few errors with it. So there may be some changes yes. from what's on posted right now to what actually happens. So I it would encourage yeah. you if you're interested, keep checking back. And, and we'll put more information on our site once we get the clarified details to let people know. Um, another thing I want to do is I want to continue to push our friend Shelby over at Lash Boss Radio. If you're not listening to her, you should. She's doing some great work over there interviewing the Lash Boss in our industry so you can hear all about different people and their backgrounds and what they're up to and Shelby's uh, doing great work and we're kind of I feel like we're almost like partners in this because we have different kind of focuses and hopefully uh, you guys if you're really into podcasts just add that to your list of podcasts she's doing about once every couple weeks kind of the same schedule that we're on well we would like to continue this discussion online 
via social media. Please follow us on Instagram at Integrity Lash, where you can see what our lash salon is up to. You can also follow our lash professional account at Integrity Lash Bootcamp. This Instagram account is focused on sharing tips and insights on the lash industry and how we run our salon. This is where we post information from our podcast too. Lastly, we'd love to hear from you, and we have set up a Twitter account for that. Please follow us at Integrity Lash. Um, You can submit your questions there and suggestions for future podcasts. We also, of course, where we add all these last questions, you can submit them to our at Integrity Lash on Instagram as well at Integrity Lash Bootcamp. So just get in touch with us. Let us know what you want to hear about, what questions you want to know more information about, and we will answer those questions. I want to also ask you to please recommend our podcast to your friends and colleagues. We are doing this podcast because we love the industry and we want it to continue to grow. We want to ask you to please rate our podcast and also give us a review. On behalf of our engineer, Nick Coffey, my lash experts, Christina and Tusney, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen to us. Keep on lashing and remember you you have have a a friend friend in the lash lash industry. industry